Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. We are closing out our series, Dangerous Prayers, this week as we are led by our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. Pastor Jared will be preaching on the prayer, Send Me, out of the book of Isaiah. If you would like to listen to this series in its entirety or catch up on something from our archives, you can easily find those messages on our website at ccgf.org sermons or on the Christchurch app, which is available on iOS and Android devices. Now, here is Pastor Jared with this week's message. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, Christ Church. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you that we can be in your house here today, Lord. We thank you for the fact that we can pray dangerously. Lord, I pray that you do motivate us to pray dangerously. We thank you for what you teach us in your word about prayer and about what you do in your response to us when we call out to you. Lord, we thank you for the ministries that are happening, the missions that are happening here at Christ Church. Lord, I pray that you speak to me now. I pray that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart. And you impress upon us the message you want us to hear this morning. And Lord, that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Jared. I'm the senior pastor here. And as you see, we are uh, finishing up our series on dangerous prayers. Dangerous prayers. We, we've been talking over the past few weeks about how we pray dangerously. You know, it's easy for us to, to pray simply. Lord, protect me. Lord, heal me. Lord, provide for me. Now we pray dangerously. A few weeks ago, we started off this series with, uh, Lord, search my heart. Lord, reveal to me all the stuff in my own life that I'm dealing with. Bring it to light. And then we talked last week, Pastor Jamie was here talking about break me. Break me down so that... We can now can be used by him. And this week, we pray the prayer that's very dangerous, that we often avoid praying, is, Lord, send me. You know, prayer is one of those things, it's, it's a powerful tool, isn't it? And we often avoid things that we want to pray for because we, we kind of know that they might come about. Some of us are avoiding praying that prayer because we thought, man, we might be like Bethany. What if he sends me somewhere uh, inter- overseas, internationally? I'm not going to pray that prayer. I remember as a kid being terrified that God was going to send me overseas. And so I tried to trick God by saying, okay, God, yeah, I want to go. Okay, send me overseas. So that way he puts me, kept me here. But as I talked to you guys about three weeks ago, we don't pray to change God. We pray for God to change us. But prayer is powerful. We know that prayer works. In fact, there was a story of a a five-year-old who desperately wanted a brother. So he said to his dad, Dad, I want a brother. Really bad. So his dad was trying to teach him about prayer. said, Johnny, you pray for two months. Guarantee you'll have a brother. So Johnny started praying, and after a month, he kind of thought, man, I don't know if I want a brother anymore. I kind of like being an only child. So he stopped praying. Well, two months later, his parents came home from the hospital with twins. Johnny's dad looked down at him him and said, Johnny, aren't you glad you prayed? Johnny looked up at his dad and said, yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? (laughs) We know that prayer works, doesn't it? We know what happens, right? Let me tell you this. You pray this prayer, Lord, send me. He's going to show up. He's going to use you in ways that you never thought possible. And it may not be somewhere overseas. Maybe he's calling you somewhere, uh, somebody there. It might be right in front of your face. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe as you leave this place here today. He's going to use you. And he shows up and he speaks to us. I've had times where he's speaking to me. That nudge or that, that feeling. Maybe I should reach out to this person. Maybe I should talk to this person. Maybe I should minister here. Tell my friends. Tell my parents. My co-workers. People at school. Maybe I need to tell them about the love of Jesus. Maybe I just need to pray for somebody. Maybe I need to give somewhere. Maybe I need to minister somewhere. 
He shows up. He does. And let me tell you, if you pray that prayer, it's going to show up. That's why it's dangerous. And we see from the scriptures, all throughout scripture, God constantly called people, didn't he? Constantly said, hey, I want to use you. And there was, there was responses that different people had. Three different responses. In fact, there were three different responses to God's call. One of them is, is Jonah, right? Jonah says this, here I am, Lord, I'm not going. Okay? If you remember the story of Jonah, Jonah 1 says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah at Amonti. He says, Go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed out for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for a port. After he paid the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So there's Jonah saying, okay, Lord, you, uh, I, uh, use me, but I don't want to go now. Nineveh was a terrible city, an evil city. I don't want to, he didn't want to go. You know the rest of the story. He gets out on the boat. If you've ever been to Sunday school, you know the story of Jonah. He gets out in a boat, the storm comes up, people are like freaking out, panicking, and uh, he says it's my fault. So they throw him overboard and a big fish swallows him up for three days. I wonder what he was thinking about for three days. Then after three days, he prays a prayer of, Lord, use me, and the, the, the fish vomits him out on the dry land. But his first response was, Lord, I'm, I'm not going. I, I don't want to go. And it might have been because Nineveh was such a bad city. Maybe because he didn't feel like he had time. Maybe he didn't want to be the outcast. I know we go to school and we don't want to be the outcast at school. We would never dare tell anybody about Christ because we don't want to be the outcast. The Lord says, don't worry about that. I'm going to take care of it. He goes to Nineveh. The whole city transforms. He never said said to Jonah, you're going to transform the city. He just said, go, right? A lot of us are prompted with things in life, people that we need to minister to. We, we are, we're in the culture all day, aren't we? And it prompts us. And sometimes we go right by that person in need. Or we think, man, maybe I should help out here or volunteer here or give here. And you don't do it. I'm guilty of it as well. Okay, I am not perfect. I actually hesitate to even tell you the story because it happened to me. I would love to say, hey, it happened to me 30 years ago when I was 7. I had this, this God showed me something and I avoided it. Nope, happened 3 weeks ago. I was at uh, the American Association of Christian Counselors Conference with Pastor Jamie and Pastor Barry. Christian Counselor Conference in Tennessee. 7,000 people there. And Deb was, my wife Deb was at a conference and I was um, at the conference center and I was in my hotel room. I had to get there and I was late and so I was moving fast. And I remember walking through the commons of the hotel and seeing a girl on the phone. I remember what she was wearing because she was, her tears were just streaming down her face. And I remember that nudge, and we've all had it, that maybe we should stop and see if she's okay. But I didn't. I kept going. And man, I sat down at that conference center, and I felt terrible. Here we are. I'm a pastor at a Christian counseling conference, and I walk by somebody that's in desperate need. I'm like, suck it up. You'll be fine. Just get over it. You'll be good. Just hang up the phone and move on. That's, I felt terrible. But I've done it. We've been there. Jonah says, I don't want to go. Somebody else will come alongside God. Somebody else will minister to them. Somebody else will tell my friends at school. Somebody else will will, will meet the need here at the church that we have. Somebody else will work with the kids' ministry. Somebody else will work with the children. Not me, God. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. That's what Jonah says. So Jonah says, here I am, Lord. I'm not going. Moses was another one, wasn't he? Moses says, here I am. Send someone else. Right? Remember the story of Moses. Moses, uh, the burning bush, right? Moses is there and the bush is burning and 
God's speaking out of this bush. In Exodus 3, he says, God says to Moses, So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses is saying, Hey, listen, God, I don't have the right tools. He goes on to say, I don't speak very well. I'm not articulate. I don't really have a good past. Maybe you should go send somebody else. I just don't have the right tools to do that. You know, I'm always fascinated when something happens through me in the week that really relates to the sermon. I don't find it coincidence. I find it prophetic from God. This week, um, I was in a meeting and I uh, was here at the church and I was stopped by a congregant. And I asked the congregant if I could share this story. I was asked to, I said, the congregant stopped me and said, hey, Jared, I got to tell you something. I'm really excited. And I knew what was going on with this congregant because they had a loved one that they knew that was dying of cancer. And she was in hospice care. She hadn't spoken to people, actually, in some, quite a few days. And this congregant came up to me and said, you know, I, I really didn't want to go share the love of Jesus with her. I knew I needed to, but I just didn't feel like I had the right tools. I didn't maybe know the scripture very well. I didn't know if I would say the right things. What would happen today? What happened? I didn't really want to do it. Maybe God was going to send somebody else. But she said, listen, I really felt like God was going to use me in a mighty, mighty way. And I just started getting goosebumps. I'm like, man, this is amazing. She said she went in, she shared the love of Jesus, and she said the words just poured out of her mouth. Poured out of her mouth. And this girl who was in hospice, hadn't spoken in a couple days, sat up and said, I want to receive Jesus. Talked to, this congregant talked about how the love of Jesus and Jesus died for us and loves us and died for our, our sins so that we can have a relationship with him so that we can be restored there. And so after she's saying this, she's saying, the words are just coming out of my mouth. I didn't have the right tools. I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, but the Lord worked through me. The, the girl sat up and said, I want to receive Jesus. She prayed a prayer, asked Jesus, she asked Jesus to forgive her sins, to come into her life, and she went back and fell asleep. And then she died a few days later. I got goosebumps. I thought, man, that's how God uses people. He takes people's natural abilities, and as long as we're open and available, he uses us mightily. That's what he wants to do with you when we say, here I am, Lord. So Moses, Jonah says, here I am, I'm not going. Moses says, here I am, send somebody else. And then we have Isaiah. The scripture is right in your text, in your service sheet. He says, here I am, Lord, send me. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. It's in the back of your service sheets. It says this. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted. Seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two, they covered their faces. The other two covered their feet. The two were flying. They were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Sounds familiar, right? That's where we get the song. Holy, 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 the Lord is Almighty. At the sound of their voices and the doorsteps, the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. And the eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongue, tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. Then I heard of the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. Uh, you got a job for me to do, here I go. He did not say, uh, okay, I'll go once you tell me what the financial package looks like. 
Or, hey, God, what is the climate there? Because I want to make sure you know, it's comfortable for me, my family. He didn't say, okay, is it going to put me out of my comfort zone? Lord, before you use me in this thing, is it going to require a lot of time because I've got some things I've got to get done? He just says, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to encourage you, that's the prayer we need to pray. We don't know how God's going to use us. I want you to encourage you as you walk out of here saying, here I am, Lord, send me. What mission do you have for me, Lord? You want to use me, how do you want to use me? Here I am, Lord, send me. Some of you have said, you know, I would love to pray that prayer, but I, I just, I don't feel like God's speaking to me. Well, we learn from Isaiah from this passage what we need to do to fully surrender to God. We find very clearly what we need to do to fully surrender to God. And we find it throughout this passage. You want to you find what you need to surrender to God? You want to know what it really means to say, Lord, here I am, send me? Then we follow this. The first off is Isaiah had a genuine experience with God, didn't he? It says in verse 1, In the king Uzziah died, in that year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. High and exalted, seated on the throne. The Lord was so holy and so almighty that only his robe filled the temple. He had a genuine experience with the Lord. Some of us say, hey listen Lord, I want you to use me, but then we keep talking, don't we? We get filled with all kinds of distractions. We say, here I am, uh, Lord, I want you to use me. Also, I need your help with my finances, uh, my health. I need you to find me a spouse. Um, I need you to find me a new spouse. Or I need you to fix my spouse. Some one of those things, right? We keep talking. The Lord says, I just want you to listen. I want you to be looking for those opportunities. That's what real submission looks like. I've had those times. One of the things I love to do is take hikes and sometimes take hikes by myself. And I get out there because there's no distractions. And I got to be careful that I don't just keep talking to the Lord. I say, Lord, I want you to talk to me. I want you to speak to me. And he does. As I go throughout my day, I say, Lord, use me mightily today. That's what I say. Use me mightily. When I come to church on Sunday mornings, that's what my prayer now is. Lord, use me mightily. Use me. However you want to use me, use me. But then I'm looking for those things. For some of you, you need to learn to, in in our culture, it's hard because we have all these distractions. It's a time to be quiet and hear his presence. Isaiah saw the Lord. And once Isaiah sees the Lord, the next thing happens. He had a genuine understanding of his own sinfulness. Look at verse 5. He says, woe to me. I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king. Isaiah sees the Lord. He's so holy that he realizes that he's, that he's got all this sin. It's kind of like being next to somebody who's got all these like, talents, right? You're standing next to somebody who's really muscular and go, man, I have absolutely no muscular figure at all, right? It, Isaiah's looking at the Lord, seeing he's so holy, he goes, look at all the sin I have in my life. I've got all kinds of sin in my life. I've got all kinds of problems. Isaiah was not perfect. Jonah was not perfect. Moses was not perfect. They had a past. You have a past as well. We've got sin in our own life. And only when we see and understand the presence of the Lord and how holy he is, then we understand our need for forgiveness. And then when we do that, we have a genuine understanding of God's grace in our life. Isaiah 6, 7 says, And the seraphim flew to me with live coals in his hands, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. He touched at my mouth, said, see, this has touched my lips, your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sins atoned for. 
Isn't that wonderful to know that no matter what attitudes, behaviors, the actions, the addictions that we have, when we come to the Lord and we ask for forgiveness, that he grants us that forgiveness. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and forgives us and cleanses us in all unrighteousness. Some of us come in and we've got a lot of things going on. We've been uh, had some addictions or behaviors throughout the week. We say, Lord, I want you to forgive me. And we walk out of here feeling so guilty. Because we still have that sin. I say that is absolutely not fair. Because what you're saying is that the Lord who died on the cross for us isn't sufficient to wipe away your sin and free you of that guilt. That's what atonement means. It's atoned for. It's paid for. So you come in and maybe you've come in and you say, man, I've been a pretty bad person, Jared. I don't know if he'll ever forgive me. I'm telling you this. He says if we confess, he's faithful and just will forgive us. He separates our sin from the east as from the west. No more sin. No more guilt. And that's what happened here. The seraphim comes down, this angel comes down and touches his mouth. Your, your guilt is taken away. What happens when we, when we first come to the Lord and we say, Okay, Lord, I understand I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. You are so holy, I can't be around sin. So I need to wipe that clean. We say, Lord, I want you to come into my life. The Holy Spirit indwells us, right? And then from that time on, we have a battle with our flesh. What does that mean? Our flesh does not want us to get involved in ministry. Our flesh does not want us to reach out to other people. Our flesh does not want us to help others. Our flesh says, take care of yourself. Make sure you're comfortable. Make sure you're happy. Do what feels good. That's why it's a battle with the flesh. That's why Paul says, I battle daily. I die daily. What does that mean? Is he literally dying? No, he's dying to his flesh daily because his flesh says one thing. The spirit wants to leave him in another way. That's why we say every single day, Lord, I want you to use me. I need to die to myself. I want you to use me. Despite my past, I want you to use me. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a couple. Great couple. But if you, you would have talked to them maybe five, ten years ago, you would have realized that their marriage was a tumultuous marriage tumultuous verge of divorce I remember talking with them and they came in and they, they spoke to me and they said you know it's, it's funny how the Lord has rehabilitated them and has reunited their marriage they've asked for forgiveness from stuff in their past asked for forgiveness from the Lord they've, they have a stronger marriage now than ever before and in fact they're going through training to help other couples and I remember talking to the guy and he kind of laughed like, yeah, can you imagine the Lord using me? And I, I thought, man, that's not funny. That's, that's totally true. He uses stuff from our past to use us mightily. He doesn't, he doesn't let it prohibit us. He uses it for his glory, for his kingdom. But he needs to use it. That couple couldn't do it on their own. They needed the Lord to use it. If they would have sat and wallowed about how bad their past was, God could never use them. Jonah in the belly of the whale. Can you imagine what he's thinking? He said, man, I blew it as a preacher. I'm a bad traitor. Uh, at best, I'm, a, I'm an outcast here. He's in the belly of the whale and he prays. Okay? He's praying to the Lord. What he doesn't pray, he doesn't talk about himself. He talks about how good God is. How good his grace is. And then he gets what he needs. He gets vomited out on the water. Or on the land, right? I once read a story about Jonah. It was said in his book, he said, Jonah lacked all the things he has now in abundance. Guts. So he does the only thing he can do is pray. Prays. He doesn't pray for himself. He prays about how good he is. He prays about how good God is. Well, the interesting thing about Jonah, he says, I don't want to go. I can't do it. Jonah was absolutely right. On his own power, he couldn't do it. He had absolutely, he could not do it. That couple I just talked to you about, they're, they're right. They could never mentor couples on their own. Their natural abilities, they can't do it. They need God's help. 
That girl I talked to you about, that congregant, that she couldn't do that on her own either. She's right. She needed God's power there to help her. Moses was absolutely right when he says, listen, I can't do this on my own. He's right. He needed God's power. That's why there needs to be a genuine trust in God's power to accomplish the mission that he wants you to accomplish in your life. The couple could never do that on their own. Jonah could never do it on his own. Moses could never do it on his own. In fact, that bush, I want you to think about that burning bush. Moses must have walked by that bush a thousand times, and it wasn't anything special. It was an everyday, ordinary, natural bush. It wasn't until God's power went into the bush that made it supernatural. God, that bush wasn't supernatural on its own. God indwelt the bush, spoke from the bush. It was on fire, but it didn't burn up. That bush was everyday, natural, normal bush. It was God's power in the bush that used the bush mightily to speak to Moses. Moses was an everyday, natural, normal person. In fact, he murdered somebody. So I would say he's probably a little bit unnatural. He had a tumultuous past as well. And God said, listen, I want to empower you to use you mightily. He said the same thing to Jonah. Jonah, you can't do that on your own. You'll never, you'll never turn the whole city of Nineveh unless my power is working through you. That congregant, the same thing. You're never going to be able to speak to somebody about the Lord until my power is working through you. I'm not looking for supernatural people. I'm looking for natural people that I can put my supernatural power into. That's what he wants. That's what it talks about when, Lord, here I am, use me. That's what Isaiah is saying. Hey, listen, just use me however you want to use me. But you got to be able to say, hey, Lord, use me. Maybe he is going to call you the Dominican Republic. And guess what? If he does, guess what's going to happen? He's going to use you mightily there. Maybe he's going to call you to minister to someone at your uh, your workplace tomorrow. Guess what? Don't be fearful of that because he's going to use you there too. Maybe he wants you to get involved in a ministry, children's ministry or youth ministry. You go, man, I'm nervous. I don't have the right tools. doesn't matter. He's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for people that he can indwell with his own power to use them. And that's what we say, hey, this is the dangerous prayer because it's Lord, use me. It's not based on my powers. It's based on what you can do for me. That's our prayer. That's why it's dangerous. Because we say, okay, God, here I am. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Do me whatever you want with me. I'm here for you. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's an exciting prayer. As we close here, we're going to sing a a great song talking about going. Going out into our culture. Going out into our world. I hope this series has equipped you to be able to say, okay, we're not going to say the safe prayers, those prayers of of things that we need. Maybe it is finances or health. Those are prayers that we need to make. Those are safe prayers, and those are good. The Lord wants us to come, cast our anxiety on him, but he also wants us to use us. So we need to pray those prayers dangerously, boldly. Say, okay, Lord, I want you to search me, get rid of any sin. I want you to break me down so that you can use me mightily. So here I am, Lord, send me. True story of a preacher who actually uh, preached a sermon very similar to this. It tells a story that he preached a prayer about the Lord using them, using people. And it was one of those churches where there's only one door and everybody goes to the door and the preacher pre- shakes everybody's hand as they leave. And the preacher tells a story. He said there was a gentleman who came up and there was tears in his eyes. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor, great sermon today. And then he said, you have to understand, my life was a mess. I've been transformed. So the answer is yes. So what's the question? The pastor was like, that doesn't even make any sense. The answer is yes, what's the question? So he kind of shrugged it off a little bit and said, well, have a great week. Next week, next week, pastor preaching, uh, 
preached again. The same guy walks to the pastor in the back, says the same exact thing. He says, uh, uh, preacher, he said, my whole life has changed. The entire, my whole life has changed. So the answer is yes. So what's the question? So the preacher was curious. He said, okay, now you're just being bizarre. So let's get together for coffee. So he gets together with this guy and the guy goes on to tell him, he said, hey, you don't understand. My life has been changed because my marriage was a mess. I was on the verge of divorce. My kids were uh, all over the place. I was about to lose my job. So I got addicted to alcohol. My life was a complete mess. I heard the message that Jesus loves me, that he died for me so I can have a relationship with him, that I can ask for forgiveness and I can put my faith and trust in him. And now my life has completely transformed. So now every morning I get up and I say, the answer is yes, Lord. What's the question? How do you want to use me? That's what he prays every single moment. He says, Lord, the answer is yes. I don't care what you want me to do. I'm not going to ask if it's going to be a benefit for me or if it's going to affect my health or my comfort. The answer automatically right now is yes, Lord. Just give me the answer. Just ask, tell me what the question is. How do you want to use me in whatever way you want to use me? Here I am, Lord, send me. That's my hope for us as we leave this series is that we walk out of here saying, hey, you know what? God, yes. The answer is yes. However you want to use me. If it's my car on the way home, if it's somebody at my office or somebody in my school, yes. The answer is yes. If you give me that nudge, I'm going to go because here I am, Lord. Send me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. I thank you for the fact that we can be open vessels for you. Lord, I pray that you empower us mightily. You're doing it every day here in this church. The nudges that you give us to help others, share the love that you've showed to us get involved in ministry Lord whatever it is you've, you've used us thank you for Bethany saying here use me Lord you send her to Dominican Republic you tell another congregant to go and to share your love with them we thank you Lord I pray that you be with that one two maybe three people who have never given their life over to you never asked for forgiveness that they do that now and if that is you, you it's as simple as praying the prayer Lord Jesus I understand that you are holy and I have sinned pray that you forgive me of that sin. Wipe me clean. Help me to feel, feel that removal of guilt. Lord, thank you for empowering us, saving us right away. Lord, help us as we leave this place to say yes to whoever you call us. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Here I am. Send me. I ask all this in your precious name. Amen.